0: Welcome to NerdPod Generations, episode 38.
1: 38.
0: 38. 38. That is a crazy demon on the other side of the table. As always, I am one of your lovely co-hosts, Steve Taylor, here with my good friend, Al Judson. Hello, sir.
1: Hello, friends and enemies. It's just, it's just the tangent Hydra making sure uh, that... Oh, there's so
0: many tangents. We
1: know that he's around yes. and will infect us at one point or another during the body of this show.
0: Let's see if we can make it out of the intro, though. La- last week, we did not make it out of the intro. We did not. But we went on, like, three tangents.
1: No, we didn't. This no, is technically
0: didn't. one, but I'm not counting it because it's not a topic. It's just talking about tangents.
1: It's just the tangent monster making sure it's yeah. in the room. Yeah. It's in the room. It's heads. It's yeah. heads are out there. The yeah. Hydra.
0: So, folks, as always, you can catch us on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, pretty much whatever podcast um, distributor of your choice. Uh exciting news. Alan and I are kinda in discussions about starting a potential YouTube channel. Yeah. Which we would be putting up some one off and um like let's play type videos, yeah. which we're hoping will just add to the nerdpod generation universe.
1: I have been looking for an excuse to replay the Spider-Man games. Yes, you have. And we have found one, plus some great topics that we can talk about that have some visual elements that we can point to and be like, look at this. Yeah. Look at this thing. And it's just like you can't really do that in an audio show. I can't go to this one moment in a movie and be like, hey, but like look at how stupid this one oh, thing see, is. Now you
0: gave me an idea. Now we're gonna have to do like a mystery science theater three thousand to oh. some really bad movie. Oh, I love this oh idea. My God. Okay. I that's, love this idea. All right, that's a that's a juicy tangent right there. All right. So yeah, um, look forward
1: to that in the future. Yes.
0: So we are very excited about that. And we are excited about this show. I mean, as we said, it's episode thirty eight, so please If you the first time listening to us, go back and listen to our past episodes because they're all awesome. They're all great. Um, You know, the first couple start off a little rough, but man, we pick up steam shortly after, I'd say, episode five, and we've just been rolling ever since.
1: I'd say the Snyder Cut. Once we hit the Snyder Cut, that was where we really found our legs. Yeah. No surprise.
0: Yeah. So I'm excited. I am very excited about that. So the way we roll, folks, is we usually have a little starter of what we've been watching, playing, reading, and then we have a couple topics. Two topics today. We're going to be talking about episode three and four of Book of Boba Fett, Uh and then we are going to be talking about three DC animated movies. There is Batman's Soul of the Dragon. There is Injustice.
1: And Justice Society World War II. Thank
0: you. I couldn't remember all of that. Yeah. But yeah, so those are the three we're going to be discussing, because you know we are big nerds, especially when it comes to uh, DC animated TV shows or films. Love them. They're fantastic. All these just
1: dropped on HBO Now. Yeah. And we just... Like, it was so funny that we were joking about it last week. Like, what's going to come up? Injustice finally dropped. And we were like, oh, well, clear the decks. (laughs) That's what we're doing. Because you've been looking forward to watching that for a while now. Oh, and it didn't disappoint.
0: No. Oh. Oh, I know. I'm excited. I'm excited to talk about those. But first, we're going to take the topic of... Usually, we each pick something we've been watching, reading, playing. But we decided to take this segment and turned it into discussions about two trailers that have dropped. Yes. One a teaser, one a more meaty trailer. Let's start with the meaty trailer. Actually, let's start with the teaser. Let's start with the teaser. The Lord of the Rings, what is it? The Ring of the Power. The Rings of Power. The Rings of Power a TV show on Amazon, which reportedly cost a billion dollars to make because it cost $250 million to just acquire the TV rights. And then they filmed, I believe they filmed three seasons, and it was $250 million per season. Wow. Yeah. They're not, they're, everything looks practical, at least by the trailer, which the big news was that everything in the trailer was practical. So we're hoping that gets us more into a Lord of the Rings type of special effects, and not as much The Hobbit, which relied more on CGI, which I understand there was a time crunch because they switched directors, so that's kind of why they went that way, but i am excited about that yeah yeah and it no, is all new zealand oh it is all in new They're zealand filming again? It in new zealand i'm 90 am about 90 percent sure on that oh. that they filmed it in new zealand see that's
1: a that's a thing for me is that it has to be filmed in new zealand i don't think you could film it anywhere else no i don't think you could no nothing else captures the magic mm. of middle earth ever again it's like there's there's literally no other thing i can think of offhand that's as iconically driven and attached to something as New Zealand is to Middle Earth. Yeah. Like you could argue New York city as a whole and Mm. all of its various iterations in film, but like New Zealand is Middle Earth. It just is. It is.
0: And I think a lot of that is because the vast majority of the population of the earth had no idea what New Zealand looked like. Yeah. And then Lord of the Rings shows you what the beauty of New Zealand. And it's like, all right, that's, just when I think of New Zealand, I think about Hobbiton, yeah. which I know is an actual place now because they left the sets up and they made it in sustainable the materials. So it's actually a place you could go visit.
1: We wanted to have that be our honeymoon. Oof. That was our That'd dream nice. honeymoon. It was never going to happen. But like when we were getting everything together, we put it a little like fun in the registry mm-hmm. for anybody who didn't know what they wanted to get us. And man... I wish we could have gone to New Zealand. It was never going to happen. Yeah. And I don't have any regrets about the honeymoon we had. We had a great one in Vermont. But man... Dude. New Zealand, that's, still on, the, that's still on the bucket list. That's like, still something I
0: Other than a sick family member, it's almost impossible to get me on a plane because I'm terrified of flying. Mm-hmm. I would get on a plane to go to New Zealand. And even though it's a 20-hour plane ride, probably, it's insanely long, I would still get on a plane.
1: I would... Because I I don't mind flying. I like flying. But I get really airsick if I can't see where the plane is going. Mm -hmm. So, like, if it's one of those small planes, it's scary but exhilarating. And I don't get airsick in those because you can look out and, like, kind of see. Yeah, you're near death at any second. You're practically just in the air. But if, like, you're in a commercial liner and it's just like you're in a tube. I got so airsick once going from Chicago to Denver. Really? Oh, it was so bad. So, I... Would just grab, like, I'd, I'd go for that, that nice 200 milligram level of THC, just load up. We Here. call that the BA Baracus. Ah, uh, yes. Who that is? Yes, I That's do. Right. Yes, I do. You got to you... knock him out, That's otherwise, right. he's going to knock you out. For those of you
0: who are unaware, that is Mr. T's character in the A team. And yes. he was a very large man who hated flying. Yes. And they would have to get knock him unconscious before he would get on the plane. Yes. 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 At yes. Good times
1: i i only need to be semi-conscious as long as my wife is with me if i'm on my own then it's a different story then i'm on my own
0: (laughs) you'll wake up without kidneys if you're (laughs) semi-conscious in an airport on your own (laughs) exactly yeah there's the danger
1: so that's that's one of those like oh no i gotta have all senses running oh my god. i need a chaperone if i'm gonna get loaded yeah
0: understandable just watch out for guys with big bins of ice
1: Oh, I yes. Steer clear of them. Oh, yes. They're after your livers. Shady guys in big trench coats. Yes. Yeah.
0: On tangents.
1: Oh, yes.
0: <laughs> we're on an airport, airport getting organs removed tangent. Yep. I think that's a first for us. There we go. <laughs> it has nothing
1: to do with movies or TV or anything. anything. We're supposed to be talking about Moon Knight. Yes. Okay, so
0: Lord of the Rings, we're excited. It's September 22nd. Definitely, if you do not have Prime... An Amazon Prime membership, get it in September so you can watch this. Yeah. And then keep it through the holidays and you can mail your packages or get it day, whatever. Yeah, it's, right.
1: it's Jeff Bezos. He's going to turn it into a penis rocket. But yeah, he has, maybe, no, he has no money either. so Maybe he spends more money on stuff like this, which mm-hmm. is at least culturally important, as opposed to penis rockets, which are not.
0: Mm-hmm. Penis rockets.
1: Penis rockets.
0: All right, so on to Moon Knight. Now, for those of you who are unaware, Moon Knight is a very obscure but beloved Marvel character who is getting his own TV show, and it is starring Oscar Isaac as Moon Knight. Yes. Which is fantastic casting. Because the tone of this trailer... Oh, I know. That's going to be a dark show, man. See,
1: this was my first thing. is They are promising us a nice, hard, dark show... And they better deliver because that's who Moon Knight is. And I am waiting for them to balk at this. I'm not going to lie. It's Marvel. The closest they've gotten to dark is kind of like that Falcon Winter Soldier level. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's some like Black Mirror style, like psychologically dark things in Mm -hmm. WandaVision. But this looks like it is going to be violent and mean. This looks like it, it could have
0: been one of the Netflix Marvel shows. Yeah, exactly. That's the tone I got from it. And
1: that's the one that it needs to have because that's yeah. all Moon Knight is. Oh,
0: he just when he's losing his mind and Oscar Isaac just looks like he's giving... And this is what I love now about the way streaming is. No movie actor 20 years ago would be seen dead on TV. No. But now you have people like Oscar Isaac... Who is a world renowned actor? One of the one of the better ones nowadays. If, if you haven't seen Dune, go see it. It's amazing. Um, inside or um, Lou and Davis. Davis also I love very much. Some of those scenes showing him lose his mind. It's like this dude is giving everything. Yeah, like he is not holding back.
1: I'm a big fan of Ex Machina myself. Oh, that's a great. Um, yeah, that's a great movie. It's it's intense and it's a Marvel thing. And yeah. it's like when could you could you imagine twenty years ago any actor of Oscar Isaac's caliber? who could be nominated for any number of awards if he wanted to, donating yeah. his time and energy to this. Yeah. No. <laughs> and I'm I'm excited because he's a great actor. I'm excited to see him portray this character. I don't know a ton about Moon Knight, but I know a little. Mm-hmm. And I know one of his personas, one of his superhero personas, I should say, who kind of speaks through him when he's having his inner debates. Mm-hmm. Uh, is He has three, and as I recall, they're manifested by Captain America, Spider-Man, and Wolverine. Wolverine being the most brutal of them. There's no Wolverine in this universe, and there's definitely no like super brutal character mm. in the Marvel movies. So I'm curious to see how they handle that. I'm guessing they're just going to skip it. Because I'm guessing Spider-Man's not going to show up in this either. No. And Chris Evans ain't going to come no. out of retirement just to do some cameo ghost scenes as mm. Captain America. So I'm guessing they're just going to can the whole thing. But, you know, I, I'm curious. I'm curious to see how they adapt
0: this. I mean, once again, if it goes off of this trailer. But Marvel has pulled the rug out of us before when it comes to a trailer.
1: Oh, a lot of Because I was
0: ecstatic to see Eternals. And I've rewatched it. And I stick with my... Ugh.
1: yeah rating i want to watch it again but i don't know when i'm gonna do that because i just wasn't impressed with it mm-hmm. and then it had that problem that is just a buzzkill. of i went back and i did the research afterwards and i was like oh really <laughs> we could have had something cool and you did this yeah and it's just like well, they screwed the pooch yeah that's a bummer
0: But anyway, it it looks good. We're very excited. Yeah. Once again, you have an actor of his caliber playing this role, and it's obvious that they're only doing the show as the introduction, and then he's going to just go right to films. Like if they do another, you don't have an actor like him and not have him in the features. Yeah. So how they work him into him now, because he does have connections with Blade and the Black Knight. Yep. So, we already have that connection through the voice work of Mahershala Ali I at could, the end of The Eternals.
1: Yeah, I could see that being a secret Avengers. That's got to be. Right? You don't have those three actors. Maybe you throw Yelena on that team. Maybe awesome. you throw... I'm trying to think of other... Oh, Winter Soldier. Bucky would fit perfect into that. It would fit perfect. Uh, or, we could do a another defenders we could do rooftop heroes because we also want to get daredevil back in Mm -hmm. on this and we want to i still say bring in luke cage bring in mike coulter because i think that and there can't be another actor no it has to be him he is so luke cage it has to be kristen ritter yep uh you know like it has to be um frank castle uh john bernthal john bernthal you know like these guys have to come back Again, I, I've said this before. Iron Fist. I know, whatever. I
0: know. We're not a big fan of uh,
1: it But bring back um, uh, What's her Jess face? Henwick
0: as Colleen Wing. Colleen Wing. Yeah. Which I'm still disappointed she chose that awful Matrix movie over yeah. Shang-Chi. But, yeah, you know, that's What are you going to do? That's for another day. Yeah. Um, all right. So that is going to lead us into our first segment. Yes. Which is Book of Boba Fett, episodes mm-hmm. three and four. Mm-hmm. We like to refer to them as the mixed bag.
1: Yeah. I call okay. it the 50-50.
0: So, last episode, the best part, if you ask me, so episode three, and these are all spoilers, folks, was the introduction of the Rancor with Danny Trejo as the Rancor That was figure. great. That, that was, was great. amazing. And it was Robert Rodriguez, so you know Danny Trejo was going to show up eventually. Yeah. But to have... Because you, you see the end of Jedi, not the end of Jedi, beginning of Jedi, when the Rancor gets killed, and then you have the Rancor trainer come in crying. And he's crying. And you're like, how could you be crying for this awful monster? Yeah. And then you realize that they're just like pit bulls. Yeah. And the people that train them, they love them. And the people they want them to kill, who they rip apart.
1: Yeah. I love that. I was sitting there, and Danny Trejo is going over like, oh, it's a monster because it's bred to fight. And so that's what it's thought to be best at. Mm-hmm. But they're fiercely loyal. They defend their masters there you go to the end. And I'm just sitting here like it's a fucking pity. Yeah. It's a pitiful. It's and that's awesome. I like wanna, I loved that scene. I want to join the ranks of the pitbull ticklers. <laughs> I,
0: can't, I can't repeat that. I'm sorry. <laughs> that sounds like something out
1: of a dirty movie. <laughs> I didn't even come up with that. That's a, that is a a line in and of itself out in the world. Pitbull tickler. Well, now it's definitely out in the world. Yeah. Because you just said it. Old manisms Coming <laughs> in hot. Old manisms. So what do you think of episode three? Okay. So this... Um, I got to the end of episode three. And I turned to Kelly and I was like, I don't think I can watch episode four. I I hadn't watched either of them up until yesterday. and Oh, you watched them both yesterday. I watched them both back-to-back yesterday. And... I really did not like episode 3. Yeah. That was really hard to get through. The the moment I got really excited when Stephen Root showed up. Mm-hmm. I got super pumped cuz I love Stephen Root. And I was like, "All right, where is this going?" And then he leads us to this biker teen gang. And I hate them. <laughs> and I hate them so
0: You mean the cyberpunk much. ripoffs?
1: Yes. Yeah. I hate them so much. I I cannot even begin to describe my hate for them. And it's it's just maddening. On top of that, they on on top of all of this that they are, which mm. is just like so blatantly just a ripoff of Gen Z and like yeah, the difference between Gen Z and and Boomer culture. Well, like all and... I could
0: think about when I watched it was John Favreau when he was sitting down to write this episode. It was right when Cyberpunk 2077 came out, and he's like, "Oh, this looks awesome! I think people will love that. We got to make them young to get the kids in." And then he writes that mess, and it was garbage.
1: It, well. <laughs> Again, I turned to Kelly, and I was just like, you know what Star Wars is known for is bright, shiny, new pieces of technology. Bright and shiny. Fresh and new, out of the box, brand spanking new, hot colors, and, oh, I get the argument. They're kids. They want to keep their stuff clean. I don't fucking care. Do you see the rest of this world? Yeah. Give me a fucking break. This is garbage. These rascal scooter motherfuckers. I saw the picture of him walking and the four rascals around him mm. at because I refuse to call them speeders. They aren't speeders. They're rascals. They're rascal scooters, yeah. And they the four rascals drank up on him and I was I saw this on Instagram like last Saturday before mm. I saw the episode. And I was just sitting there like, oh I really hope this is just the internet playing a joke on me. I really, really hope that this is one of those things where they went back and they edited it to crank the colors and the spectrum and mm. the contrast and everything. And no, no, no. It's just a fucking shit pile of garbage that makes me so mad. And then on top of it, as if, as if to double down on ways to piss mm. me off, they have the world's slowest car chase of all oh my time. God. And it's just, it goes at 20 miles an hour. And they, oh, they dodge a protocol droid. Oh, it's a protocol droid. Oh, and, then, and then the very next thing we see is an R2 unit. Oh, it's an R2 yeah. unit. And I'm just like, this sucks. Yeah. Why doesn't Boba Fett just fly on his jetpack? You have... A jetpack with a missile launcher on it. Why don't you just fly and grab him? Why are we doing this? And it just goes on and on and on. And oh, they almost run into a piece of glass. And they got to go through this this fruit stand. And he crashes. And all all these stupid, fucking, awful, awful tropes. And then how does it end? Boba Fett comes down on his jetpack. And I'm just sitting here like, so you knew. You knew the whole time.
0: Well that was that was their time for comic relief because of what just what you said cuz not only did they have R2 and C3PO droid not the actual characters but droid types. Yeah. They had those stupid little ones that were fixing the ships. The pod droids. The yeah. padroids. And it's like that's why they're doing this
1: to put in these member berries for comic relief. It was so terrible. It was out of place. It, it didn't so fit tacky. whatsoever. It was so awful and I'm just sitting here and and we're going to get back to this again because it's a problem that keeps oh, yeah. coming back. This is a show about Boba Fett. Remind me about how we want tacky, stupid Saturday morning cartoon adventures in our hardcore Mm -hmm. gangster Boba Fett show. Tell me again about how we want this. He's
0: not hardcore gangster anymore because Disney got a hold of him and turned him into a very
1: caring understanding Boba Fett there's caring and understanding and I can appreciate like oh Boba's gotten a little softer in his old age but like
0: no disintegrations
1: yeah no disintegrations yeah no disintegrations
0: and I don't give a shit what they call it his ship is called Slave One it's called Slave One yes
1: okay and like (laughs) ah it's so frustrating because it's like it's everything that we always feared it's such a solo rehash yes and it's what we always worried about, and it's what they were clearly worried about when they put Boba Fett on hold after the, the tanking of Solo. Yeah. And it wasn't until Mandalorian came along that they were like, okay, it's safe to come out again. Yeah. And But it, it has so much of that exact same garbage as Solo. Mm -hmm. has so many of those same stupid moments and then every once in a while something great will happen so like I hear people all the time be like well the train robbery in Solo is such a great piece of cinema yeah yeah it is the train robbery in Solo is great you know what's not great the rest of the The fucking movie yeah okay because all the characters that are great in that movie die in the train robbery and any characters that are left are awful and any characters that we meet after that are worse and it's just it's so bad yeah lando dan uh don glover's lando cannot save this movie and that again is another issue i have is how shiny the millennium falcon is we're not talking about solo but again one more issue how did han apparently ruin <laughs> the millennium falcon in 10 years 10 years like we're not talking about Solo, but it has all that same energy of Solo of just like, what are you thinking? Mm-hmm. What are you thinking with these decisions? And it's the same team. It's not some new team that came in off the skirts of the Mandalorian. It's the same team plus Robert Rodriguez. Yeah. How is it this? How and why is it this? See, this what,
0: and this is what makes me wonder if Disney does have their hands in it now. And they're starting to say, no, you got to lighten it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, for this one, we understand it's Boba Fett, but, you know, Mandalorian's a little dark. We're getting some complaints from parents. We want you to lighten up Boba Fett a little bit so kids can watch it. Yeah. And really, it's a sanitized version of The Mandalorian. It's pretty much what
1: it is. It is. And, like, it's so maddening because they what they told us at the beginning of this show was that it was going to be The Sopranos in space. Yes. It's not Not that. at all. And it's not even close to that. So why would you make that promise? Don't even tease us with that as an idea, because by the third episode, we're on an entirely new track. Like, they kill all the Tuskens off. And it's like, what the
0: fuck? Yeah. What the
1: fuck? Like, Kelly was super upset about it. I'm sitting here like, I like the Tuskens. We just spent two episodes getting us to really like the Tuskens. Yeah. And I'm not even referring to them as sand people anymore. I'm referring to them as the Tuskens, because I care. And you kill them all off. You fridge... Yeah. The Tusken Raiders, so that we can have cyberpunk garbage and a Wookiee who apparently can get through an entire di- division mm-hmm. of bodyguards that he has. How does the Wookiee get all the way to the back of the tank? Explain that one to me. No one is held accountable. No one is held accountable in yeah. any capacity. And they all just show up after, like, oh, we're here now. We're going to help. Like, what is this bullshit? What is this bullshit? Because it's not just that it's not canonically good mm-hmm. or that it's it's kind of, you know, pushing dust on the canon. It's that the writing is just bad.
0: Yeah. It seems like what they were going for is to give us that... I'm going to say, like, Disney moment to where the parent dies and you have to have that motivation to move forward. He already got that motivation against the biker gang because, A, he saw them slaughtering people. Yeah. And he obviously didn't like them, so he didn't
1: need to slaughter all the sand people to get him all pissed off. He was already a man of honor. Exactly. There wasn't any reason that he needed more stake in this. He already had stake in it. Yeah. And it's just like... And then he comes by and he wipes him out. And I get it. There's going to be some bigger twist because they say... Oh, this biker gang wiped out a whole band of raiders. That Mm. that didn't happen. That's unlikely. Oh, so you're basically telling us that this is bullshit? Yeah. (laughs) And now I'm going to spend the rest of the 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 season waiting for the explanation as to who actually killed off the raiders and why? Because
0: it's going to be the non fish fish
1: people, and it's it's like there's no explanation that's going to be good enough to warrant. Yeah killing off the tuscans there's just not and what we get afterwards is so stupid and lame and we're just clinging on to these moments these brief iterations of really good filmmaking yeah. that just appear every once in a while and you're like oh oh chase it <laughs> it's, it's going to go away so quickly and we're going to go back to the stupid bullshit mm. cuz once again
0: the episode ends with the cer- or the um the rancor rancor yeah so it's like that, you took a horrible episode, ended it well, mm-hmm. and then rolled us into episode four. Yeah. Which... I
1: liked more than episode three, but that's start not with saying this much.
0: It had the worst part of either of the episodes, though.
1: Oh, my God, that kitchen scene? No.
0: It brought the Audrey II back into the Star Wars Cinematic Universe. Because when (laughs) we first saw the Sarlacc pit, we thought the beak and the tentacles weren't there. Yeah. They came back. And I was like,
1: no! That's the dumbest thing. How pointless was that scene? Oh, horribly pointless. He gets out of the Sarlacc pit in his armor. He knows he's in his armor when he gets out of the pit. And then it disappears. And he's suddenly like, oh, my armor must still be in the pit. In what world? Why?
0: Would yeah. you think that? And they didn't make him act like he had lost his mind when he got out of the pit. No, he was completely lucid.
1: He was very lucid. Yeah. He was he was maybe woozy as any survivor would be, mm. but he wasn't like, you know, the doors mm. on a on a peyote trip, you know, like he, what is what is this the bullshit the doors on a peyote trip i love that one <laughs> what is this bullshit writing of like oh we got to go back to the starlight pack we really don't no that was comp- that was a scene for them to show you the beak it was a scene just to, i think it was just to have another action scene yeah and it was just like why why what, we don't need this. Or if we did want to have another action scene, make it something worthwhile. And
0: that's what I noticed about this show, especially the last two episodes, a lot of member berries. Yeah. Because they show the beak and people are like, oh, I remember that. And then she drops that concussion bomb that yep. he fired at Obi-Wan, what was in episode two? Episode two. Episode two. And it's like people are like, oh, I remember that. And it's like, why are all these member berries all of a sudden? Yeah. It's all they're doing now. I mean, even you could thing. even... Call the Rancor a member berry. You didn't have to bring a Rancor in. It's no. for people to be like, oh. Yeah. Which, I'm, you know, I kind of like about The Mandalorian prior to Luke coming, of course, that it's like, oh, there's really
1: not a ton of member it's, berries. It's all new. Yeah. It just takes place in the Star Wars universe, but it's all new. Because even Ahsoka, you know, old fucks like us that
0: don't watch that sh- um, show, The Clone Wars, which I yeah. did, luckily, would have no idea who else she is. Yeah. So it's like, oh, that's not a member berry, really. It's a member berry to us that know her, but
1: and that's like episode three of season two. Yeah, like season one, beyond things like Baby Yoda mm. being a Yoda type, and the fact that the Empire is there, mm. and you know, Tie Fighters. These are the member berries for the entire thing. Otherwise, it's all fucking new shit. Yeah, and that's what I love about the Mandalorian is that it's well written. And it's well-paced, and it feels good. It knows what it's supposed to be. See, I'll tell you, this season
0: of Book of Boba Fett so far has me worried about the next season of The Mandalorian.
1: I wasn't until I watched The Book yeah. of Boba Fett, and now I'm like, oh, no. Oh, Kool-Aid, man. What are we going to do now?
0: That's going to be interesting. Yeah. I mean, is Disney dipping their hands too much into these show notes? I, Especially being Star Wars and then being like, oh, we can't make it this dark.
1: Yeah, I really wonder because I know you can and you should yeah. because kids, <laughs> I understand that uh, kids have uh, disposable income. Yeah. Uh, do you know where they get the income from?
0: Because <laughs> well, it's not about
1: jobs. It. The most critically and almost,
0: I think it's in the top five of commercially successful Star Wars movies was Rogue One, mm-hmm. which was very fucking dark. And it's like, you should learn from that, that there yeah. is a a thirst for this. Yeah. You know, you you put out, I think it made well over a billion dollars and it was one of the highest critically acclaimed of all of the new ones and the, the prequels. And it's like, I mean, the proof is in the pudding. I know that I hate using those washed out analogies, but it
1: is. It's like, that's... Just do it. That's what you got to do. Just fucking do it. Like the Mandalorian season one was so great because it was so dark and so innovative and so new and so fresh and so intoxicating Mm -hmm. in its own self, everything about it. I have spoken these little things, the Jawa episode, these little things that could be terrible work so well. Yeah. And just here, there's just so much stupid garbage. We got to talk about the kitchen scene. Because oh, the kitchen scene, that was the one that pissed me off. And I...
0: That I, was pure Disney, the I, kitchen scene.
1: I turned to Kelly and I said, this is awful. And she said, oh, come on, there should be some fun. And I was like, time and place. This is the book of Boba Fett. Yeah. This is not the time and place for hijinks. This is stupid, garbage, awful. And on top of that... They do the one sin that I find most heinous. What's that? When you name a creature in the Star Wars universe and you just call it something every day. So it's not a wampa. Oh, It's I a rat. What... It's a rat. Oh, I there's a rat catcher. It should be like a schmo. It's like, a, oh, there's a schmo in here. Yeah. It doesn't matter what it is. Just make it alien. When they say, um, I remember... Hearing a, a film uh, critic talking about uh, Episode Eight and how Finn calls the Empire a group of snakes, mm-hmm. and he's like, "No, that's wrong. They should be nerf herders or something, but they're not snakes. You don't know what snakes are yeah. because you don't call them snakes. You call them something else." Well, that's
0: the lazy writing, like you were talking about.
1: But that's the—that's my point. Yeah. Is like these are the things that set the tone and build the atmosphere. You think anybody would? Remember that line, if it wasn't nerf herder? Yeah. Like, we remember it because it's these things. You know, strong enough to rip the ears off a of Gundar. Come on, man! It's not that yeah. hard! Dude, Like, be creative! Don't call it a rat catcher! <laughs> Don't say, oh, there's a rat in here! No, get... Stop! It's so bad, and yeah. it's so dumb, and it completely diffuses the The only scene. reason
0: why I think they referred to it as a rat catcher is because they are Trying to sell that as merchandise because the amount of zooms and close ups they had of that thing. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, that's going to be a Funko Pop. That's going to be a stuffed animal.
1: It was back at the end of the episode, too. Yeah. And it, it's definitely coming out oh, absolutely. to a target near you.
0: And I think, I don't know, the way Disney thinks, oh, we can't really call it some weird name. We got to call it something like a rat catcher so the kids could say to their parents, get me a Rat Catcher. Yeah. So that could be, I mean, that's just. Every time I hear anything of Disney, I'm thinking they're going to sell the soul of a property we love for money. So I'm assuming that's what this is.
1: Yeah. No, I just like the moment the droids turned to each other and said, was that a rat? I was just like, I'm going to walk away. (laughs) I I can't do this. I can't do it. This is so stupid. And then you have these amazing moments, like when he, uh, when Boba Fett turns and he sees the flares. Up in the sky, and they do the doo doo-doo-doo, doo 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 from Mandalorian. Yeah. And it's just like, that's real filmmaking. Yeah. That's real, actual filmmaking. And then they do it again at the end to tease that Mando is going to be back somewhere in this series. Yeah. And you're just like, how is there this great filmmaking here? And then I have to deal with this bullshit.
0: It's definitely, it's definitely all the writing because once again, you're talking about there's. Like they're not slouches. I think Robert Rodriguez. Has he directed three of the episodes? Or yeah, just, yeah. He directed three, and then the other guy I can't remember who directed. I think it was episode four, this last one. Mm-hmm. Someone different directed it. Um, but it's like these guys know how to make films, and they know how to make edgy films, and they know how to make action films. So it's just got to be the way it's being written. So John Favreau, I don't know if he's pulling an Iron Man three, even though he didn't write that, but kind of like,
1: yeah, I don't know, I don't know what's, what's going on. Going
0: on. I really don't.
1: I don't know what it is. I don't like it. Uh, I'm hoping that it turns around and that it's just one of those things where we remember like, oh, that's right. And you know, you go back and you rewatch the first season of Book of Boba Fett and you're like, oh yeah, there's like the three episodes that I hate. Mm. I'm going to skip those and go right to the really good ending of the series. So I'm really hoping that there's a really good ending and that this doesn't pull a Hawkeye and just kind of belly flop on itself so that anything good is kind of lessened and anything bad is just now intolerable
0: yeah i mean i'm nervous i didn't think i would be like i was just hoping this was going to be another mandalorian type show and i was so excited
1: i also like and i i I don't know how much of the um how much how much of the stunts tomorrow morrison is doing but i wish he was more active i wish boba fett let me rephrase i wish boba fett was more active Mm -hmm. i wish he moved around more i wish he got in gunfights i wish he threw punches what
0: What would you guess? Because they said it's been years since he crawled out of the sire pit, But I don't think it's been a lot of years. Maybe three or four.
1: I would guess three or four, yeah, five. I'll give you... Let's be generous. I'll give you ten. Okay. I'll give you ten.
0: But even ten. Boba Fett got chubby and not mobile in a short amount of time. Yeah. And that's the part that bothers me a little bit because when he crawled out of starlight pet he looked just like he looks now body type wise that's what makes me think it's only been a couple years yeah because they don't make him look very different
1: well and even then let's say it was 10 years this still takes place coincidingly with the star wars films so even if it is 10 years he wouldn't be more than 50 Mm -hmm. you know so like the fact that he has no ability to move around and i don't blame the actor I blame not having someone else in the suit who can do all the stunts and things because he can be in the suit for most of it and just do all the stunts and then take off the helmet and, oh, it's, it's Tamora Morrison. Yes. And it, cool, fine. But, like, this is infuriating. Mm -hmm. It's so frustrating to be, like, the gunfight when they're trying to get Slave Mm One out of the dock and... He the bridge is down and he can run into the ship and instead he runs back with Fennec into the fight. And I'm just like, get on the fucking ship and get it out of here. What is going
0: on with your head? And I don't think Boba Fett would be spinning his ship into the wall.
1: No. Like it was so that didn't make any sense. It was just like, you do know this is the greatest bounty hunter. Of all time. Mm-hmm. And you're doing this. Like, this is what we were worried about because he is the coolest fucking costume in the Star Wars universe yes. with an enigma inside. Mm-hmm. And now the enigma's being removed, as is the suit. And on top of that, I don't mind. Like, if, if you want to have him be this man of honor, cool. I'm totally down for a man of honor mm-hmm. story. I love it. I love the scene where he gives away... He lets the Wookiee go. And he's just like, make good decisions. Yeah. And... We want to see you in future episodes. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, And and all these other things. But... Come on! Give us something! Give us some level of something that seems like Boba Fett. Because this doesn't seem like Boba Fett. This seems like you're trying to convince us that this is a Boba Fett story. Mm. But really, it's about how Boba Fett when he went to the retirement castle kind of like met some old other people. And then there was this group of kids that came in and rode the rascal scooters around and he had to put them in their place. And, but he was kind about it. And, and I'm just like, I don't care about the retirement castle.
0: Huh? And then he
1: hires them and then he hires them. Which you're like, all right. Yeah. I don't care about the retirement castle. I don't. And also what's with the huts already being gone? That better not be true, because otherwise this is so stupid. Yeah. This is just like, stop setting stuff up one episode to take it off the board the next episode. Stop doing that, because it's terrible writing. It's terrible writing. It's
0: terrible writing. Okay. I think we beat Boba Fett to
1: death. (laughs) Wow, we're at 40 minutes. We're at 40 minutes. (laughs) All right, so Book of Boba Fett, so far,
0: very mixed reviews from both of us. So we're looking forward to episode five, because most Marvel shows... Get good at episode five, so we're hoping it's the same with this.
1: That's the fun episode.
0: Leading us into our main topic, which are three DC animated movies. Yes. Which one would you like to start with, sir?
1: I, let's start with... Because they
0: are all very different.
1: Let's start with Soul of the Dragon.
0: Soul of the Dragon. That is the most recent one I watched.
1: Because that was was the one that I found to be the low man on the rope. I was not impressed with Soul of the Dragon. I wasn't unimpressed with Soul of the Dragon. I didn't sit there being like, ugh. Well, it wasn't a Batman movie. No, it really wasn't. It was a Bruce Wayne movie.
0: It was a Bruce Wayne slash rip-off Bruce Lee movie.
1: Yeah, it was a very much a Bruce Lee movie. Oh, yeah.
0: I mean, I love the tone, how it was like a 70s... To 80s because they had the mobile phone, yeah, and it's like that was in the 80s, but it was playing off like it was a 70s. So I wasn't quite sure on the decade.
1: It was a super eight,
0: 70s vibe, yeah, because it's it's very much like the black exploitation yeah. kung fu movies with Jim Kelly, and then Enter the Dragon and all those, which I know those were late 70s. It, it, that's the tone I got, but then the mobile phone threw me off. I'm like, yeah, it's not. No. In the seventy, yeah,
1: no, no that there. I had a few issues with it. Overall, I found it to be pretty good. It was enjoyable. It was it was pretty good. I definitely got to the end and thought, "There's another twenty minutes to this movie, isn't there?" Yeah, there's supposed to be another twenty minutes. Here. The ending was strange. Very strange. It it ends with this big fight that you would normally expect, and then we're at, we're in spoiler territory. Yeah. Uh, you get one of those the master is possessed by the the root of all evil and now the disciples have to defeat the master Mm -hmm. and they do it and it's this big old fight scene and then the root of all evil goes back into its portal and batman has to make a sacrifice in order to close the portal so he walks in and then apparently all four of the other disciples also walk in and then the movie ends. Yeah. <laughs>
0: With what seems like a giant creature coming towards them. You don't see what it is. Yeah. And then they get in their fight stance and it ends.
1: And then it ends. And you're just like, what? But in reality, I wish they wouldn't have called this Batman because if if you think
0: about it, if you take out Bruce Wayne,
1: mm-hmm. and you
0: take out Batman, it really doesn't change the movie. No, it totally doesn't. Because even Bruce Wayne. It's just a tertiary way to get the Batman costume
1: in there. And he, like, he... They do this interesting thing. I'll give him credit. It is interesting. Where Bruce Wayne is, you know, a much more affable individual. Yes. He's he's much less of a douchebag. He's kind of friendly and and enjoyable to be around. And then when he becomes the Batman, he just, like, fucking destroys things. Yeah, And it's like a, a... coin flip i found that to be interesting it's not that it's different from most batman i guess it's just the way that he is unstoppable when he's batman that was the part that i found interesting was like all of a sudden they'll go from this fight that they're really barely hanging on in to oh he's in the batman costume so now he destroys everybody and you're just like wait 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 um so it wasn't bad it wasn't great. I would put it at a solid I did.
0: C. The thing I give it is the voice acting. The voice acting is very Solid good. voice acting. Yes. Really good. Um, I honestly was going to say C as well. Mm-hmm. Because even though this was my least favorite also, it was... I didn't love any of the three. Really? I didn't love them.
1: I think I loved Injustice.
0: I liked it a lot. But I'll tell you my problem with Injustice. Because that's our, both of our number one. Yeah. Okay. So I think we need to work our way up now that we know what order we were in the base. Yeah. So number two. So okay. So we both gave a C to Batman: Soul of the Dragon. Mm-hmm. See it. It's fun. It's
1: fun. It's.
0: It's got a different tone from any mo- like anime movie you probably see because of the seventies vibe.
1: The the fact that it is so close to a, a black exploitation film yes. and its tone and style really sets it apart in that way. Yeah. That's is really cool, and I like that part of it. And you had
0: Dolomite playing yeah. the voice of the Jim Kelly ripoff character, yeah, Michael, yeah. Michael Jai White, which
1: yeah, the the Bronze Tiger, very mi-
0: unmistakable voice on that man,
1: yeah, yeah. So that was that was cool, and I just I don't know, I, w- I wanted more out of Bronze yeah, Tiger I too. There, I, I just wanted more out of everything. Yeah. At the end of the the day, you know, you had like Shiva goes from this, you know, she's the the great Lady Shiva who is the the master's right hand, to this crime boss. And we get no other information about that. Yeah. And I'm just like, I would like a little more information about that, please. Thank you. That would be very good. Um, but the, part, the part
0: that threw me off, though, was the master's voice was James Hong, who yeah. also does the voice of the... Uh, of... of um... In Kung Fu Panda, the... Oh, yeah, of the, the father. Terrible... yeah what, what kind of...
1: The oh, the crane, goose, yes. The yes, goose, yes. the goose
0: that sells the dumplings. Yes, It's the same voice. So when I mean, he was talking, I just saw the goose making dumplings yes. the whole time.
1: Yes, But then uh, he w- he was in, wasn't he in um, he was Big in Trouble in Little China? Big Trouble in Little China. He who was, was he? In the- he was the big bad. He was. He was. Yeah, I can't remember his name at the moment. <sighs> um, uh, oh, God, it's going to drive me crazy. What's his Lo- name? Lo Pan. Lo
0: Pan. Yep, David Lopin. David yeah. Lopin, yeah, that's right. Oh, God, because he was so young when
1: that came out. Yeah. Oh, I love that movie, and He was too. in, like, big old age makeup at the time. Next time we
0: do a review, I'm going to do a review of that, because I haven't seen that in a very long uh, time, and I so absolutely good. love that movie. It's so good. Um, oh, wow, well, that was another tangent. Okay, so we both give that a C. We need to move yeah. on to Justice League, or Just no, Justice Society. Society of America, World War II.
1: World War II. I agree, it's a mouthful of a title. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, you already know one of my problems with it is it's very reminiscent of Flashpoint.
1: It is. I can agree with that.
0: A little overly. Yeah. Um, especially where they, you know, even though he not only goes back in time, but he goes to a different earth.
1: That was the part I actually really liked about it.
0: I liked, I liked it, but it was also reminiscent. Yeah. You know what I mean?
1: It, I, I definitely get it. And it had that kind of feel of oh, is this where the new animated Justice League movies are going to pick up? Yeah. Is they're going to form a society and it's going to be in this animated style, which I'll be totally cool with. I like the style. The animation was very good. The animation is excellent. Mm -hmm. Um, It was just very interesting because, like, he doesn't know who Wonder Woman is. That's bonkers to me. Yeah. Like, even in his own universe, he doesn't know who Wonder Woman is. That's crazy pants. So I'm super curious about if anything else happens from here i don't know if they will go anywhere else from here i'd love to see it if they decide to because i like this barry um i almost called him barry white (laughs) (laughs) i like i like this barry Barry white's very great too yeah Uh, i like this barry allen uh i like this superman i you know the the whole shakespeare thing was interesting but I like the Superman that was back in the, the home universe as well. Mm. I, you know, I just, all of it was really cool. I wanted more out of Our Man. I wanted more out yes. of some of the other tertiary characters. But I liked Hawkman. I like how they did Hawkman. I like that he was actually this Egyptian guy. And they got a An Arabic voice actor. An actual Egyptian voice actor, voice actor yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's awesome. So, like, I like all these touches. They were really good. Yes. Oh, you know what? The other thing that I loved was, was that Barry does math at hyper speed, mm-hmm. and you believe it. Like, when he's like, oh, the trajectory of that is blah, blah, blah. At first, I was like, huh? What? That's stupid. And then I stopped, and I thought about it, and I was like, no. Barry is really smart, and he can think at super yes. speed. So he can literally do the math in a second and be like, oh shit, <laughs> I got to go from here to there and he's not going to make it. Yeah. There's no way he's going to fly there in time. I got to do this. And just like, it was so fascinating to see all these different things mm-hmm. and what elements of the story were there. The speed force is there, but only Jay Garrick knows about the speed force. Yes. Barry Allen doesn't know about the speed force. And they force. can't,
0: they lose a little bit of their power because they're feeding off it simultaneously. Yeah. Which is awesome. Yeah.
1: And it was just like all these little twists and turns that I really, really liked. I ended up really enjoying all of it. I think that I, they, the the whole Aquaman thing, I think was the the one part that I found to be kind of like, it's kind of unnecessary. Yeah. That that was like the only part that I was kind of meh on because mm-hmm. they've done that in like three movies now. mm mm-hmm and it's just getting a little bit like it's like how cyborg has to be in everything mm-hmm. at some point you're kind of just like but maybe cyborg doesn't have to be in doom patrol mm-hmm. maybe maybe he doesn't maybe we can do doom patrol without cyborg because he's not really part of that he doesn't need to be here um and it's the same with this it's just like maybe aquaman doesn't need to be the one that invades yeah because that has happened twice and once already he has to fight Wonder Woman as part of the invasion. Yeah. So like let's try to Once and just, again flashpoint yeah, animated. It's exactly. like they stole too
0: much from it.
1: Yeah, it it did it did cheer a little too close. Yeah. And I wanted to be very different in other ways. I didn't mind that there were two flashes. I like that he realizes he's on another earth. Yeah. Because Superman exists and is an orphan in this Which universe. Is so awesome. That was rad that as was hell. So awesome. That was rad as hell. Um I love that we got not one but two very different iterations of Superman. Yes. In this and both. both. And then the next one. Yeah, exactly. Like we we have in this one you have an orphan Superman. Yep. And in the next one you have one that I've never seen before, which is a Superman where Jonathan Kent is still alive and Martha's dead. Yeah. I've never seen that before. No, I've never seen that. And I was just like Whoa! All right, dude. so we're about to go off on our
0: tangent into our favorite injustice. What do you give uh, Justice Society?
1: I give it like a solid B plus. I think that while there were elements of it that I found frustrating in terms of like a little rehashy, man, those kaiju were really cool. They were cool. And watching Black Canary scream blast that one shark manta ray. Mm-hmm. Man, that was cool. That
0: was really cool.
1: So, like, I'll give them that, but I do I do agree with you. There were a few too many moments that yeah. eschewed close to Flashpoint a little too much. I'm, go, I'm gonna go ahead
0: and give it a solid B. Alright. I will say it has my favorite voice acting and script out of the three. I love Stanakadok. Oh, he's awesome. And then even Matt Balmer as The Flash.
1: Oh, Matt Balmer as The Flash is also great. Like He's
0: done it so many times now that that's just the voice. Yeah. Like when I hear that voice, I'm like, oh, that's Barry Allen. Yeah. Um, So there's your ratings, B plus and a B. And then it rolls into our favorite one, Injustice. Yes. Which is based on a graphic novel, then they made a video game, and now they're making the movie version of it. Yes. Um, And it is both our favorites.
1: Yes, by far.
0: By far. I have to be honest, though. Other than Plastic Man, who is beautifully played by Oliver Hudson, I was kind of disappointed in the voice acting.
1: Yeah, the voice acting wasn't amazing. I I was not struck by anything going on here. There was some stuff that I found good. Uh, Zach Callison is one of my favorites, so seeing him here was funny as Damien, because he plays Steven Universe. Uh, I don't know if you've seen this or been introduced to it. You might be eventually, now that you have a, a young daughter growing up, um, but Steven Universe is this great show about this kid who's the uh, reincarnation of an alien queen, and he uh, has a lot of things that he has to learn how to take care of. And he's very um, optimistic and full of love and wants to talk about problems instead of fighting. Is that an Adult Swim show? No, Steven Universe, is a, it was a Cartoon Network show. Mm. But the fact that he plays Damien is very funny to me uh but yeah i would agree i also love yuri lowenthal so seeing him in anything i always mix up his voice with josh keaton and it's because they're both Mm. (laughs) spider-man so what are you gonna do but yeah i i did like
0: this no typically i like the work most of these actors do but it just seemed i don't know it just seemed off yeah i don't know if it was just the script wasn't the best but, you know, everything just seemed off.
1: No, and I also noticed that they didn't have their usual voice director for this one. Yeah. They usually have this lady, uh, give me one second and I'll find her name.
0: The one thing that intrigued me, I don't want to say I loved it, but it was different and so it intrigued me, which was the Joker, who Kevin yeah. Pollack plays.
1: Yeah, that was interesting.
0: And I like it was definitely a different take. It was like a darker version of Mark Hamill's Joker, where it had a little more of a gruff tone to his voice, yeah. but it was still kind of that playful. And I I was kind of blown away, and I think I like it more than I should because it was Kevin Pollock doing it, and I'm a huge Kevin Pollock fan. But yeah. so like, like I said, I think that's my only thing I was not a fan of in this movie was the voice acting. Because hmm. um, I did thoroughly enjoy the story. It has been a very long time since I read that graphic novel and i have not played the video game before because i'm not into fighting games
1: no me neither but this made me want to buy it <laughs> i'm not gonna lie yeah, at least try it this this made me like want to go and see if if it's like five bucks or something on mm. digital oh it's gotta be right it like, can't be
0: more than like i saw it at
1: best buy for 20 dollars. i was like not a chance no but like if it's like five bucks i would buy especially the one that has the ninja turtles in it mm-hmm. i buy that one i'm terrible at fighting games and i oh, hate mortal kombat games. because it's way too hard yeah but, uh, it, i know, would is, I can't find her name and i'm so angry because she's so amazing i'm gonna i'm gonna find it afterwards and i'll edit it in right here andrea romano you got to do it in a very creepy voice so that's her name and she's great and yeah. i love her she's so fantastic and if you mm. look She's done, like, all of the great DC animated movies. Mm. Like, all of them are... She was the voice director for them. And the voice director on Injustice was a different person. Mm. I think that has the effect that you're talking about, where it just doesn't necessarily uh, work as well. Because I agree. There was something about some of the voice acting where even things like... um, I'm not a giant Anson Mount fan. I think he's fine. But his Batman... Wasn't as good as someone like who played Batman in all the other DC Universe movies. It was Jason O'Mara. Mm. So Jason O'Mara plays him in all the other ones, and I don't know him at all, but like he really nails that role. Mm. And here, Anson Mount was fine at best i would say fine i just i did like that he is insistent on talking through all their problems Mm -hmm. like the way he solves the issue is to just keep on bringing people from other universes to talk to superman and convince him that this isn't the way to go and man that that was so good i just really enjoyed that as a finale where like he's fighting everybody at that point and it's just, like, everything comes to a stop. And he literally asks Batman, what are you going to do? Talk me out of it. And it's like, yeah. That's, that's <laughs> the entire plan. That's one million percent of the plan. I also love Deadwing just because I love the idea of taking... Dead Man and Nightwing, mm. and combining that. Yeah, that was kind of awesome. That yeah, was pretty rad. I like that. And I, the only negative is, it seems
0: like they were going to do something more with that character. So I'm wondering if they'll do some kind of a, was it Justice League Dark? Yeah. Where they have um,
1: Boston Brand, the the original Dead Man, Constantine. Yeah, Constantine. And, yeah.
0: So it's like I'm wondering if they're going to roll it into one of those because it'd be a shame to waste that character. Because after he becomes. Deadwing. Deadwing. It's like they didn't really use him that much. I no, mean
1: it was here the time. And there. I mean, it's
0: it's it would seem like a waste to me.
1: Yeah. It was a very cool idea that I want to see them do more with. Yeah. But like everything about this I really liked. I like Damien. I like the way that uh Damien's character is portrayed. It had big Civil War vibes. Mm-hmm. I'm just realizing this now. It had big Civil War vibes where you have that moment where the Fantastic Four are all having a conversation about what side they're on and Reed's like, Well, we're all on this side and then Sue and Johnny are like, You know, I don't think I'm on your side on this one, yeah. Reed. I think I'm on the other side on this one. And just like I I just found it so cool and so fun to watch. It was such a great what if story mm-hmm. and I love a good what if story. This was a great one.
0: It was. So no, I, was I definitely enjoyed it. I and this, I've noticed some more with the R-rated, and I use finger quotes when I say R-rated, mm-hmm. uh, animated movies they've been putting out. It almost seems like they add these completely out-of-left-field-blood moments just to get the R-rating.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: I mean, the flying through Joker is like, that had to happen. Like, that's a famous scene from the comic. Yeah. But all the rest of it, it's like, it just seemed out of place. Because it was... The violence level was tame until a certain point, yeah. and then all of a sudden something was like over the top, or Superman would have like blood on his knuckles or something, yeah. but it just seemed out of place.
1: There was definitely like, the the ones that got me were, it, it wasn't as violent, but the death of Green Arrow was just one of those like, oh shit, yeah oh fuck.
0: That's kind of fucked up. Oh shit, oh fuck. Especially when Harley's like, we gotta go back and get him, he has a, a hole, hole in, in his, his head! head. <laughs>
1: That was absolutely oh killing me. Oh, my God. So there was that. But then, like, at the end, when you have Amazo fighting Hawkman, and he's just beating the life out of Hawkman. And it's just like, whoa, yeah. f- this is hard to watch. Yeah. I did have a great moment with Kelly where I'm watching it, and uh Ra's al Ghul reveals the Amazo and Superman looks up and he says, A robot? And I turn to Kelly and I'm just, A robot? A robot? <laughs> he calls it a robot! A robot? Dude, sir.
0: Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. I could see you doing that. It's so. amazing you're still married. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, man. so... I,
1: I would give it a solid A, honestly. Like, I, it wasn't perfect by any means, but I fully anticipate seeing it again yeah. in the near future, honestly. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if I turn it on while I'm exercising or something.
0: And I'm right there with you in an A. I have to give it an A. You know, it's it's not quite an A+. Plus. No. You know, once again, if there was a little more focus on the voice work. Um, but the story was great. I thought the action was great. Um, it was definitely... And I don't know if I'm just... Giving it such a high score also because it's compared to the other two, which I think I was being really generous with some of those scores. Mm-hmm. Um so I am interested in going back and rewatching this just to kind of get a different take on it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But that's it. That's the show, guys.
0: Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah, that was good. It kind of flew by. Yeah. I mean, we're really definitely did. north of an hour. Unfortunately, we're recording in a different way, and I used to be able to keep track of time and now I don't have my little timer yeah. running.
1: We're at an hour two minutes. Look at that. Yeah.
0: Effortless, folks. I know. Effortless. Just
1: comes and goes.
0: So this, once again, was episode 38, NerdPod Generations. generations. You can find us, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, go back, listen to the 37 previous episodes. They are pure gold. You can find me at staylorbooks.com.
1: You can find me at jutsumstudios.work under the Bronx Division tab.
0: And come back next week for Peacemaker.
1: Yes, we're going to be pounding the table for Peacemaker. I cannot wait because I
0: love it so far. All right, folks, have a great week.
1: See you later, friends and enemies.